listening to the Views from the John podcast. Hosted by comedian John Ares. going on everybody and welcome back to another episode episode number su- 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 79 of the views from the john podcast with yours truly your host mr john Ares. all right let's dive right into things shall we it's good to see you guys i know it's been a few minutes maybe it hasn't been long enough but we'll sort it out let me guy let me ask you guys a question you guys ever pee in a pool before? Let's just go through the concept of peeing in a pool. How much of an animal do you have to be to turn a public pool into your own toilet? Not taking anyone inside of that toilet into consideration. You know what I'm saying? You mean to tell me you can't take the 10 seconds it takes to get out of the ocean? or out of a pool to relieve yourself and then get back in so everyone else around you doesn't have to be subjected to your urine. You know what I'm saying? But check this out. I grew up in arguably the two greatest decades in American history, the 80s and 90s. Music was great. MTV played music videos. There was no social justice warriors. We weren't judging each other on our skin color. TV was great. Movies were great. Food was great. Society was great. Everyone was having a great time. So going back to the 80s and 90s growing up, where I grew up, I had a lot of friends with pools. My family had a pool. We got beaches right down the road on Cape Cod. You can go up to Hampton Beach. By the way, if you've never been to Hampton Beach and you want to go see one of the most beautiful beaches anywhere in the world, forget Bora Bora. Forget the Maldives. Go to New Hampshire, to Hampton, New Hampshire, and check out Hampton Beach. (laughs) And be sure to bring your camera. If you've ever wanted to know where the majority of white people go in the summertime when they leave their trailer park, they all congregate at Hampton Beach up in New Hampshire. (laughs) So we had no shortages of places to swim as kids. But you know why we didn't pee in each other's pools? Because right around the, I'd say, late 80s, early 90s, there was a rumor that spread around America like wildfire that there was a chemical that evidently homeowners could discreetly put in their pool, which would immediately rat anybody out who attempted to nectarate in it. Supposedly, if you were in a crystal clear pool and this chemical was in it, and you chose to urinate, all of a sudden there'd be this like big black ink stain, you know, like an octopus just floated by, and you're immediately guilty. You're literally caught red-handed. Now, I don't think that chemical actually existed back then, but as a kid, that's all we needed to hear, is that there was a chance that if we chose to nicturate in whatever body of water we were in, we were gonna be immediately caught red-handed. And we didn't want to experience that shame or that bulliness that would have come with doing that act. Therefore, it was just the rumor that that chemical existed that kept us from peeing in a pool. So with that being said, as kids, if we were too afraid to pee in a pool, do you think the thought of ever taking a dump in a pool ever crossed our mind? Of course not. We were too afraid to pee in a pool. Who in their right mind is going to take a dump in a pool? I've always had that question on my mind. Who would do such a thing? And as it turns out, a few weeks ago, I was the lucky recipient of that answer. And I'm here to tell you all about the story. So buckle in. This goes back now about three weeks to America's birthday weekend. You remember the 4th of July? America's birthday. Happy belated birthday, America. You remember the 4th of July, right? 
America, land of the free, home of the brave. Yeah, bravery. That's a word that's tossed around a little bit too much these days. Oh, what did you dis do this morning? Did you wake up and check your Twitter feed while you sipped on your Starbucks? Oh my God, the bravery. <laughs> so anyways, speaking of bravery, let's see if you can top this bravery. So 4th of July weekend, I'm at a gigantic house party. Not my family, but I'm with friends that's friends with the family. So I've never been here before. Huge house out in western Massachusetts, about an hour west of Boston. Great community, very eclectic, huge saltwater in-ground pool. There must have been 300 people there, all sorts of people. Everyone's having a good time, beautiful day. So at one point in the afternoon, lunch is being served. And me and my friends are all lined up, let's say, in the western corner of the pool. We have our legs dangling in the pool, but we're sitting on the side of it, all shoulder to shoulder, beer in hand, getting fried, just looking down at the pool, having a great time. Now, right around this time, they're serving hot dogs, sausages, burgers, you know, the classic American cookout, maybe some barbecue. So at one point during the afternoon during lunch, we've been looking down at the bottom of this pool with a hundred people in it for several hours and we haven't seen anything out of the ordinary. And then at one point we're looking down at the pool and there's something laying on the bottom of the pool. So all of us sitting on that side of the pool, we're all trying to figure out what it is. At first people think maybe some goggles fell off a kid. Kids like to wear goggles swimming underwater, maybe their goggles fell. Then upon closer inspection, we're like, nope, those aren't goggles. That I'm thinking maybe it's one of those baton, those little six inch long batons that kids throw that sink to the bottom and they go dive down and pick it up as a game. But then no, it's, it's not a baton. This thing looks suspiciously like it's, a, like it's a submarine, except it's not submarine colored. Then I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute. Everyone's having hot dogs and sausages. This looks just like a sausage. It's just a little bit darker. Could it be somebody dropped a sausage in the pool? <laughs> now at this point, more and more people from the party are now standing over our shoulders. There must be about a hundred people now looking down into the pool, having a massive discussion on what this mysterious object could be. And then somebody behind me came to the realization that what we were looking at was a six, maybe seven, maybe even eight inch long human turd. <laughs> Somebody had dropped a full length healthy deuce and it was now sitting on the bottom of the pool. And when I tell you, when everyone came to that determination that there was a turd in the punch bowl, all hell broke loose. I'm talking, you would have thought an active shooter had run onto the property. You would have thought we had just discovered a dead body floating in it. I'm telling you, everybody freaked out. People got out of the water faster than they did in Jaws when there was a great white shark ripping apart a kid. Kids were trampled. All the food tables were overturned. It was utter chaos. And then the blame game happened. All of the parents immediately grabbed their children and brought them into their circle and then started drilling the kids. Did you do this in the pool? Did you make a number two in the pool? You can tell dad, I won't get too upset. Just tell us, it, 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 it had to be a mistake. And all the kids like, I didn't do it. I, didn't, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I don't know what you're talking about, number two. You know, every kid was just being drilled by the parents. You know, I get it. I'm not a parent, but I was certainly hoping if my kid was there with me, it wouldn't have been my kid that just turned the pool into a sewage treatment plant. You know what I'm saying? So as the dust is settling and all the kids are being drilled by the parents, there's this one family that's kind of off to the side that just isn't in panic mode whatsoever. Like they've been down this road before. This isn't their first shooting. You know what I'm saying? This isn't their first foray into the who dropped a deuce in the pool game. This family was relaxed, calm, cool.
cool and collected. They just seemed a little bit too at ease with what was happening here. And as it turns out, that was the family that owned the, the little 12-year-old girl that had done this. <laughs> All right? Now, I wish, looking back in hindsight, that this family had the courage to walk up into the middle of the party and say, everybody can stop drilling their kids because it was mine that did it. But I get it. It's an embarrassing situation. Would you want to walk into a mob of 300 people that just got their afternoon ruined because some kid took a dump in the pool and be like, yeah, it was my kid. Sorry, everybody. Go back to lunch. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I wouldn't have wanted to admit it too. So the homeowner, he's seen enough. He sees his party crumbling, so he's going to take control of the situation. So he comes stomping out of the pool house with that pool net thing. You know the net that you stick in the pool to get leaves out? Well, yeah, he's now repurposed this net to fish a turd out of the punch bowl, you know? And rather than taking the net, you know, and just gently lifting up the turd and then dumping it out, the guy finally gets the turd onto the net. And then he does one of these, like, catapult things, you know what I'm saying? Where he just brought up that net at, like, 100 miles an hour, and then the turd must have went 300 feet in the air, and you could see it going end over end into the woods behind us. <laughs> this, this guy wanted this thing out. And then he drops a couple of drops of chemicals in the pool. He looks at his watch, and he's like, all right, folks, excitement's over. Nothing more to see here. I fixed the problem. We can get back to lunch, and everybody can get back into the pool. And everyone's looking at each other like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, dude. And then, of course, me, being the loudmouth asshole that I am, thinking he's, you know, Rodney Dangerfield, I start making comparisons to why I don't want to get back in the pool. And I start telling the whole party, including the homeowner, I'm like, listen, guy, all right? I keep a pretty clean toilet bowl at home. But when I'm done scrubbing it, removing the turds from it in the pee stains, and I'm in there with a brush scrubbing it with bleach and everything's done, I don't now have the inclination that it's safe to go stick my head in the toilet because at the end of the day, it's still a toilet bowl, is it not? Just because you removed the turd from the punch bowl and dropped a couple drops of bleach in there doesn't mean it's safe to go back into the water, does it? <laughs> But this isn't the moral of the story. The moral of the story is I love kids. And why do I love kids? Because who else could do this but a kid who hasn't been infected yet with adult social bullshit? Let's go through the, let's seriously go through the logistics of this, okay? This kid that did this, 12-year-old girl Evidently, she doesn't have this problem anywhere else. When she's not in this particular pool, she never peeps. Yeah, she never peeps. She, she never poops or pees herself. When she's up at the beach or in somebody else's pool, she doesn't do this. She only drops a deuce when she's in this pool when there's 50 to 100 other people swimming around her. Weird, right? I'd love to get to the bottom of the psychology of that. But that's neither here nor there. What I love about this story is the fact that she's like a miniature Houdini. Could you do what this girl did? Ask yourself that question. This girl discreetly and without shame took a healthy dump in her bikini, surrounded by a hundred other kids playing Marco Polo. That is a feat of engineering in itself. And then it doesn't stop there. Now she has the problem of having a full-length turd just occupying the back side of her bikini. Now she's got two choices. She can get out of the pool and dispose of the evidence before anybody sees it. Or she could do what she did. She discreetly went over to the corner of the pool without anybody noticing and then she must have yanked on the back of her bathing suit like I'm doing with my collar and then did just little like ass 
shake so the dirt ended up escaping from the back of her bathing suit and then settling upon the bottom of the pool and she did this like she's a friggin navy seal nobody witnessed any of this happening so this girl just took a dump at her bathing suit emptied it out of her bathing suit while there's 300 people watching her, 100 people right next to her in the pool, and then she just went right back to playing Marco Polo like nothing had happened. That is some Houdini shit, bro. Could you do that? Let me tell you something. If there was a million dollars on the line and I had complete privacy with nobody looking at me, nobody in the pool, and I had 24 hours to be in that pool, to take a dump in my bathing suit, I couldn't do it. Christ, I can't even pee in a public men's room if there's another dude in the men's room, even if I'm in a stall because I have something called pee shyness. The only time I can piss around another guy in public is if I'm drunk. When I'm sober, even if I'm in a hundred-person bathroom, if I can hear another dude in there somewhere, I can't go. But this girl took a dump in her pants and then discreetly emptied it without anybody seeing her, without any shame, and just went right back to doing what she was. You got to give her a hand, dude. This girl has a skill. Now, I'm not sure how much that skill is going to pay off for her in the future, but that is some straight Navy SEAL Houdini type of shit. And that's why I love kids. Who else could do that? <laughs> Who else could do it discreetly and get away with it? Now, evidently, this was the fourth or fifth time that she's done this in these people's pools. That's why they knew how to handle it so well. Now, I'm just thinking, if I was better friends with this family, and I knew this girl's M.O., could I have possibly picked up on the moment that she chose to do this? You guys ever been around a newborn baby that can't talk yet, and they're still in diapers? You ever look at their face? You can always tell when they're grasping down to go number two in their diaper, because their whole facial expression changes. One second, you're sitting there watching the kid. The kid's going, goo, goo, gaga, goo, goo. <laughs> then the next second, you can just see it, you know, just, just really ripping into one. So I'm wondering, if I was a little bit more observant and I knew this girl's MO, could I have picked out that exact moment that she chose to go the route she went? She's like, oh, I got to poop. But I ain't getting out of the pool, so I'm just going to go right where I am because I don't want to miss out on all the fun. So I just want to know, could I have picked out that moment <laughs> that she chose to go down that road? Did her whole facial expression change? You know, one second she's going, Marco, Polo, Marco, Polo. Then the next second she's like. <laughs> all right, let's change it up. A little bit before 4th of July weekend, I took a trip down to Connecticut to my car dealership because that's where I bought my car. My car was due for its first oil change. So while I'm sitting there waiting for the car to get lubed up, I want to kill some time. I happen to look across the street and I see a clothing store and I said, perfect, I'm in need of some new drip. So I walk across the street to kill some time. So I'm walking through the store and I pick out about $300 worth of clothes. T-shirts, polos, underwear, tube socks, lingerie, you name it. Everything's going smoothly. I'm 43 years old. I've been shopping for clothes, I don't know, the last 30 years. So far, everything has been as it seems and as it was. I take the clothes up to the register. The lady starts ringing me up. And then that's when everything goes left. Now, based on my experience shopping, when you buy a bunch of clothes and you bring it up to a cash register, typically they ring up each item separately, they fold it, and then when they're done, they take your money and then they put the whole stack of folded laundry into your bag neatly. They place the receipt on top of the bag. They hand you the bag. They say, have a nice day. And then you leave the store, right? Not at this store, not down in Connecticut. 
So she's wringing up my clothes, and rather than folding them up, she's just dumping them on the counter. And when she's all done wringing up my clothes, it literally looks like she had just dumped out my laundry basket. She tells me it's 300 bucks. I hand her one of my credit cards. She runs the credit card. She slaps the receipt on top of the bag, on top of the clothes, and says, have a nice day. <laughs> and I'm like, what is going on here? So, I don't know. I guess if I was less of an asshole, I could have just said thanks, you too, and then I could have walked out to my car like this, you know? <laughs> but I wanted to have a bag, you know? Because that's the way things have gone. I've been shopping for over 30 years. Typically, when you go into a store, you bring up items to the cash register, they ring you up, they put the items in a bag with your receipt, and they give you the bag, and then you go about your day. So after she slams my receipt on top of this laundry pile of unfolded clothes, she tells me to have a nice day. And I'm like, yeah, you too. Um, you think I can get a bag? And she goes, sure. <laughs> and I'm looking back at her like, the bag? She's like, yeah, where is it? I'm like, what is this, a hidden camera show? I said, you haven't given me one yet. She's like, oh. She's like, you must not be from around here. I'm like, no. How'd you guess? She's like, you didn't bring your own bag? I said, no, I didn't. I said, I've been alive for 43 years, and no one's ever looked at me and said, hey, John, uh, just stuff a burlap sack in your back pocket on the off chance you could stumble into a clothing store today that doesn't give out bags. I said, no, I'm not Indiana Jones. What am I supposed to do, wear a satchel around me just in case I walk into a store that don't give away bags? No, I didn't bring a bag. But I see she's got tons of them. She's got burlap ones behind her. She's got like 2,000 of those plastic bags by her knee. I said, do you think I can just get a plastic bag? She's like, sorry, you didn't bring your own. I got to charge you. You can either pay $10 for the burlap ones behind me, or you can give me 10 cents for one of the plastic ones. Now listen, I got no problem with bringing my own bag. It's just, it's new to me. I don't keep one in my wallet just in case, but maybe that's my fault. And I got no problem having to pay for a 10 cent bag. The problem I have is that when she took my credit card, she didn't tell me I had to buy or supply a bag. And now that the transaction's done, she wants my credit card back a second time so she can run it for 10 cents. And I'm thinking to myself, lady, the credit card company charges you like a buck fifty every time you scan someone's credit card. So you're going to take my card a second time, run it for 10 cents, but it's going to cost you guys a buck fifty. So you're basically losing a dollar forty by charging me for another bag when, oh, by the way, you're the one that screwed up and just assumed I had a burlap sack in my wallet. So I'm like, no. I ain't doing it. She's like, well, then you ain't getting a bag. And that's when I kind of lost it. And I don't like to be this guy. I don't want to do this. I really don't. But I received this card when I was born. Membership definitely has its privileges. I don't like to do it. I don't take it out much. But I, I, I really felt like this situation called for it. So I reached back into my wallet not to pull out my credit card, but I pulled out my white privilege card and I showed it to her. And then I leaned in real, real close so she could smell my vaped up morning coffee breath. And I said, show me your manager. <laughs> and sure enough, the manager comes out and I got to go through this whole spiel again with her. You know, my side. The way I view this climate situation is this, right? And meanwhile, I got a line of 20 people behind me, and all you can hear from them is, oh, 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 you know? Like they're a bunch of gorillas, you know? Everyone's getting excited behind me because nothing's happening, you know? 
And it's just the moral or the point of the story. Had you told me I needed to buy a bag, no problem. But you assumed I had one in my back pocket. You know, like I'm friggin' MacGyver. And then you want to charge me a second transaction for 10 cents when I just dropped $300 into your store's economy? I don't think so. So the manager comes out from behind the curtain. We go through it some more. And then finally, she's had enough of this toxic white guy. You know what I'm saying? She throws a bag at me and says, get out of here. So yeah, rather than walking out of the store like this, I walked out of the store like this. And that is my Connecticut bag story. So I ask you guys, you make the call. Am I the unprogressive asshole here that just doesn't keep a burlap sack in my cargo pocket on the off chance I stumble into a store that doesn't give away bags? Should I have had a couple nickels or a dime in my pocket just in case a store charges 10 cents for a bag? Or is Connecticut and or the store just a little bit too hardcore about their bag policy? I know. I know. It's me. It's my fault. It is. I'll take the blame here. Because I get it. I talk about this kind of shit all the time. Plastic does not biodegrade. And for some genius reason, somebody along the lines in history said, hey, everybody, I got a great idea. Let's dump the world's plastic in filth into our oceans. Let's not recycle it. Let's not bury it. Let's not burn it or come up with some new way to do it. Let's just dump it in the ocean. And everyone around the table is like, yeah, great idea. 80% of the world is covered by oceans. When it goes under the water, nobody sees it. Therefore, it doesn't exist. And then there's one guy at the table going, well, after a couple hundred years, won't that be a problem for our future youth? And everyone at the table is like, ah, we'll be dead by then. <laughs> so yeah. The number of plastic and trash in our oceans literally outnumbers and outweighs the number of fish in the ocean. But let's just keep doing it because it's not going to be our generation that has to deal with it. We'll let a couple generations down the line deal with it. Fucking incredible, dude. But I'll tell you why I'm a little bit more progressive than the average person. Because I just didn't want that bag. So I had something to carry my clothes to the car and then up to my apartment. I reuse the bags. I recycle the bags. I don't just throw them out immediately. I have a whole drawer of plastic bags. And you know what they get used for? They get used as trash can liners in my bathroom. And then when the trash gets filled up, you just tie off the plastic bag and then you stick that in the trash. <laughs> So I'm just basically delaying the inevitable. And I get it. I get it. You're going to see my Hot Topic bag one of these days around a dolphin's neck popping out of the water while you're on a booze cruise. Or you're going to see it shooting out of the water sprout of a blue whale. That's what's happening. You guys realize when you go down to get fresh seafood on the coast and you're biting into your fresh tilapia dinner, not only are you having it with a side of garlic roasted mashed potatoes and some grilled Brussels sprouts, but you're having a side of plastic with you. That's why kids are turning out with like a DNA chromosome. That's plastic. But ah, let's not worry about the plastic in our oceans. Let's keep on canceling Smurfette and Snuffleupagus. Those are the things that we have to concentrate on. All right, at one point in human history, logic and common sense may have dictated that when the world was faced with a global pandemic that was killing people, the only thing that people would need to hear in order to take a vaccination that came out was that by taking it, you wouldn't die. That's all it took for me. You mean I take this medication and I'm not going to end up on a ventilator? I'm not going to die. I'm not going to take out my father. You mean I can take the mask off? You mean I can take the gloves and the beekeeper suit off? You mean I can stop buying bleach by the gallon? Shit, motherfucker. You had me at not dying. Right? 
but evidently for over half the world, or roughly half the world's population, not dying and ending a global pandemic just wasn't good enough. So now, in order to end the global threat and to put this pandemic in our rearview mirror for history, they're trying to come up with new and interesting ways to get you to become interested in becoming part of that solution. So here's what they're doing. Washington State is giving away free marijuana. <laughs> so if you happen to be a pothead living in Washington State and you've been on the fence about getting vaccinated, does a free ounce of weed do it for you? Think about it. You get to stay alive. You get to be a part of history that ended a worldwide pandemic that we haven't seen in 110 years. And you get to get baked for a couple days on the government. It's literally a win, win, win situation. And now the great state of Massachusetts, do you think they're giving away free weed? Hell no. Massachusetts really upped the ante. Massachusetts has only given away $5 million. <laughs> That's right, people. All you need to do for a chance to win a million dollars, five people are going to win a million dollars apiece. And all you have to do is live in Massachusetts and be vaccinated. That's it. And then you're automatically entered into a chance where five people are going to win a million dollars apiece. Now, I'm having a fantastic summer. I'm living my life as carefree as, it, as I did when it was 1999. I'm living my life like as if the pandemic never existed, thanks to the vaccination. And now you're telling me I have a good shot at winning a million dollars? Sign me the fuck up. But do you think the chance at a million dollars is going to make people that have been holding out get it? Of course not. It just feeds into their conspiracy. Why are they offering a million dollars? They really want to see us dead, don't they? <laughs> but anyways, that's one of the great things about America, right? You can outright refuse to take the vaccination. And nobody should shame you for it. That's the great thing about living in this country. You have the right to choose. That is, until the Biden administration announced that they're going to go door to door. <laughs> That's going to work out well for people. So one of these days, you're just going to be chilling at home, trying to have dinner with your family after a stressful day of work. The last thing you want to hear about is politics and virus right? And then all of a sudden you hear, and you're like, oh, all I want to do is eat dinner with my family. You know what I'm saying? You go to the door, you open it, and there's Sleepy Joe, you know, with a syringe in his hand. Excuse me, sir. We see that you're not vaccinated. Would you just please stick your shoulder through the door so we can jab you against your will? <laughs> and this is why I love Joe Biden. The guy is delusional. He's senile. And some of the shit he's doing and saying is absolutely hilarious. How well do you think a door-to-door -door vaccination, a forced door-to-door -door vaccination is going to go? Do you think people are really going to be receptive to it? Dude, it's like a car salesman, right? Let's say you go down because you might be interested in buying a new Dodge Ram. I'm sorry, a Ram 1500, right? And you spend half the day with the salesperson and you drive it, you're not convinced that you want to get it. Just like the vaccination, right? Then you go home and a couple days go by and you're like, eh, I can't afford that Ram. I'm not buying it. And then a couple days later, there's a knock on your door and it's the salesperson. He's now shown up at your house and he's got the keys to the truck. He's like, here you go, just give me some money. Take the truck. And you got to be like, bro, if I wanted the truck, I would have come down there and gotten it. Just like if I wanted to get vaccinated, I would have went down the Walgreens and got it. Don't come to my door and try forcing my hand, bro. It's just, it's not going to work out. Now, if you think the door-to-door -door 
idea from Biden was a bad idea. I got another one that probably tops that. And this one actually pisses me off because I believe it gives white people like me a bad name. Let me explain to you. I don't know, about 10 or 12 years ago, there was a really popular hip-hop song all over the internet and the radio. I believe it was Juvenile and Lil Wayne. They did a song called Back That Thang Up. You guys remember that song? I can't sing it to you, but I could hum it to you. Would you back that thing up? Yeah, fine, mother, would you back that thing? You guys remember that shit? So I have to imagine, because I know black people, they're not this dumb. Only a white liberal could come up with an idea this dumb. So evidently, a white liberal, and that's just me guessing, just based on facts and common sense and how the world works, this white liberal came up with this great idea to try to get more people of color from the black community to, to become vaccinated because evidently they're lacking in the vaccination section, right? Even though it's their call. So to try to get more black people interested in getting vaccinated, this white liberal had the incredible idea of paying Juvenile and Lil Wayne an exorbitant amount of money to re-record their hit song and change up the lyrics so instead of being back that thang up, they're singing about vax that thang up. You a fine motherfucker, would you vax that thing up? Vax that thing up. Really? Are you kidding me? I am willing to bet every dime I have in my savings account that there isn't a single person of color that's going to watch that video and then all of a sudden be like, yeah, I'm all about getting vaxxed. Vax, vax my shit up. How dumb do you think people are? How dumb do you think people are? In this video of Vax That Thing Up, the first place it was released to was an advertisement on an all-black dating app. So can you just imagine, I mean, if I was a black dude opening up my black dating app looking for my Nubian princess, and I see a song by Lil Wayne and Juvenile from 12 years ago, and now they're telling me to Vax That Thing Up, I would be insulted. I would be like, how dumb do you think me and my brethren are? You think we're going to fall for this shit? Like, who's going to listen to this song and then all of a sudden be inspired to go vax that thing up? Nobody. The only person that could come up with an idea that stupid to embarrass people of color is a white liberal. All right, I got to give you guys a little bit of troubling news that I discovered a couple days ago. And uh, I really want to blow this up, but I'm just not big enough. You know what I'm saying? I don't have enough fans. My YouTube channel's not big enough. Nobody follows me on social media. So nobody gives a shit about what I say. But this is a serious concern for me. And let me see if it would concern you. So recently... I've been talking with one person on the phone, and that's it. And he, me and this other person have been talking about moving out of Massachusetts in somewhere down south, like maybe Florida, Texas, Arizona, somewhere warm, somewhere not as blue as the Smurfs, somewhere where there's a good balance of people. Now, I've never searched moving on Google or YouTube. The only time I've discussed moving recently was literally on one phone call with a friend of mine. The very next morning when I woke up and I opened up my YouTube feed, it was infected with YouTube videos having to do with moving to another state within the country. Do you guys understand that? Something in your iPhone and my iPhone is listening to our conversations, our phone conversations, 
And then it is developing an algorithm to then populate websites and YouTube with whatever you're talking about on a phone call. That's some Edward Snowden, like, serious shit there. So when this first happened, I just wrote it off as being pure coincidence. Because I'm not ready to believe that Apple and or Jeff Bezos, who we're going to get to, is that sinister where they're actually listening into phone calls and then marketing shit to us based on our phone calls. I don't know about you, but I don't want people eavesdropping on my phone calls. Do you? So, a few more days go by, and I'm talking to my father about a plane crash that occurred in our backyard in 1948. And during this phone conversation, we start talking about a close incident that nearly happened at TF Green International Airport in Providence, Rhode Island in 1999. I had never heard about this accident that happened in 1999 there. And we had just talked about it on the phone. Well, as luck would have it, the next day I wake up, I open up YouTube, and the very first video in my feed is a documentary on that 1999 crash, something I had never Googled or YouTube searched ever. We had talked about it for two minutes on a phone call, and now the video is in my YouTube feed. So I am absolutely 100 convinced at this point that Apple or Google or somebody is listening into our phone conversations on our iPhones and then using that information against us. I have living proof now that that shit is happening. And if they're doing that with your iPhone, what the fuck else do you think they're doing? Have you guys ever heard the story that there's hackers out there that can turn on your iPhone camera and look at you without you knowing it? That's a true story. I actually work in internet security, so I know about these things. That's why a lot of people actually put like black electrical tape over their um, built-in webcams. So just think about this. Next time you go to rub one out, when you go to Pornhub and you're sitting there on your couch watching Pornhub, Pornhub rubbing one out while you're looking at your iPhone, just remember, you could have a hundred perverts literally looking back at you rubbing one out when you think that there is nobody watching you. So, <laughs> I don't know, man. Take that information as you will. But I called Apple yesterday, and I called them out on it. I explained the same story I just explained to you. And this is what I hate about Apple, Comcast, AT&T. You name the technical company. They all suck. What happens when you call Apple because your iPhone's not working or your iPad's not working? or your iCar's not working? What happens when you call Comcast, or Charter, or whoever, DirecTV, because your TV's not working? What do these support people tell you to do? They tell you the only thing they've ever been told by the company to do. Did you reboot it? Well, then I don't know. I guess it's broken. That's always these support people's first question. Do you have the latest update? Yes. Have you rebooted your device? Yes. Well, then we don't know what the fuck's going on. I guess you got to buy a new one. That's all these support people know how to do. The only thing they know how to do to troubleshoot is to update the device and reboot it. And if that don't work, you're shit out of luck because they got no idea what's going on. So that's the first two things this guy told me. Are you updated to the latest iOS? Because that must be it. Yeah, I am. Have you rebooted the phone? Yeah, I do every morning. Then I don't know. Let me talk to my supervisor. Then I'm on hold for 20 minutes. The guy comes back. I don't know. Call Google. Yeah, I'm going to call Google. You think anyone at Google is going to tell me what's going on? So these people at Apple or Comcast or anywhere, they have no idea what's going on. 
You know, I've been a customer of Comcast and Apple's for like 12 straight years. And every time I call, no matter how much money I've spent with them, no matter how long I've been a customer, you get treated like you're a friggin' moron. Is the phone on? Have you rebooted it? Is there software on You know? It's like, why did I just waste 30 minutes of my life calling you to tell me shit I already knew? We've had computers now for decades, guys. Isn't it your first inclination if the computer's not doing something? Don't we reboot it? We don't have to be told by support to reboot it. But that's literally all they know how to do. Did you reboot it? Yeah. Then I can't help you. Talk about useless, man. As useless as tits on a bowl. But does that concern you? It concerns me. Somebody is probably listening to me right now. And there's a whole file on me on the NSA. You know? It's crazy. So next time you go to have a private conversation on your iPhone about whatever it is and then the next day you open up YouTube and there happens to be a video about your phone conversation just don't be surprised and don't call Apple because all they're gonna tell you to do is reboot your phone and if that don't fix it then I guess you're shit out of luck speaking of being shit out of luck I was shit out of luck the other day am I the only person on the planet that had this morbid desire to see Jeff Bezos's spaceship blow up. <laughs> I know, I know, that's terrible. Look at this toxic white guy talking about blowing up a billionaire. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's the views from the John. It's my opinion. And this is America. We have the right to have one. We have the right to like or hate whoever we want. And I am not a fan of billionaires. I am not a fan of Jeff Bezos. And if it weren't for that grandmother, that 82-year-old grandma that finally got to fulfill her dream by going up into space, if Bezos was just on that shit with his brother, I wanted it to blow up or get stuck in space like he's Dr. Evil. <laughs> Cryogenically frozen. Speaking of Dr. Evil, doesn't he... The guy looks like Dr. Evil with that bald head and that oversized alien brain of his. But listen to this, guys. I'm a big conspiracy theory guy. Huge. I went down the rabbit hole and then went down five other holes after that. But one conspiracy I don't buy is the vaccination. And why don't I buy vaccination conspiracies? Because I took it. I don't want to believe in them. <laughs> But one thing I do believe in is all the other conspiracies. And if you're like me and you're up to date on all the stuff going on behind the curtain, you would know that Jeff Bezos's name is at the top of the list behind some atrocities that would literally make your head spin and then probably blow up. This guy has been linked to every major conspiracy against humankind over the last 10 years. But let's forget about that for a minute. This guy has a 1,500-acre ranch with his own personal spaceport in Texas. I forget how much they said it cost, but it cost this guy like a couple billion dollars to go up into space for a minute. And of course, I'm thinking to myself, a couple billion dollars, billion, just so you can go up into space for a couple of minutes. Do you think there might have been a, a better use for that money? I know it's his money, but aren't we human beings here? If I had hundreds of billions of dollars, I wouldn't be flashing it around by going to space. You know what this guy should have did? If he really had a dream about going into outer space, he could have saved a couple billion dollars and hitched a ride on Richard Branson's spaceship or even Elon Musk's spaceship. But no, he had to go all on his own. And he spent billions of your dollars that you've been buying off Amazon to go there. And I'm just thinking in my head, what an asshole. 
There are people homeless. There are people that have to walk hundreds of miles to get a sip of water out of a shit, malaria-infested mud puddle. And then you got guys like Bezos, one of the richest people on the planet, that just for shits and giggles builds a spaceport in his backyard so he can spend billions of dollars to go up into space for a few minutes. So I'm thinking to myself, couldn't he have spent that money a little better? Maybe given back to humanity? This guy could have hitched a ride with Elon Musk and he could have spent that money he used to go to space to literally end world hunger overnight. But he just pisses it away going to space. I'm sorry. Am I supposed to like people like that? Dude, do you see my point? You have so many people in this world that are working like 10 jobs that have a budget of $40 a week to try to feed their family. They can't get ahead. And then we have to turn into the news and watch this guy on his own private spacecraft spending billions of dollars to go into space. That's like walking past hungry homeless people with Thanksgiving dinner, just letting it waft, but not giving him any. You're basically giving a middle finger to the rest of the world that doesn't have billions of dollars to play with. So Jeff Bezos, you're an asshole. And I wish you literally got stuck in space. I wish Klingons appeared and took out your spaceship. Sorry. But I do have an olive branch to extend. This is kind of a double-edged sword. It's a little bit of good news mixed in with some bad. But that's just what we got to get used to. There's always a silver lining to that darkest cloud. So check this out. Crime in America has gone up by 85% in the last year. That's a, big, that's a big jump. Can you imagine if our temperatures went up 86% from last summer? We'd all be burnt to a crisp. That's an alarming rise in crime. But hold on a minute. Don't get too scared and upset because I know what you're thinking. A lot of us were thinking this. When they started defunding the police about a year ago, a lot of us were concerned. What's going to happen when most of the police disappear in America? We were worried about a rise in crime. But evidently, according to certain news outlets, this 85% rise in crime, it's got nothing to do with defunding the police. So don't worry about it. It's, it's just a coincidence. <laughs> Here's the other good news, but it's also tied in with some bad news. Yes, crime is up 85%. Yes, the other day, there was a woman that was stabbed to death with a butcher's knife 200 times in the chest in the middle of a public park in a safe city in full view of families having picnics. So this guy who stabbed this lady, he wasn't concerned about taking another human being's life. He wasn't concerned about committing this act in the middle of the day in front of kids and families, nor was he concerned about being shot by police because he just murdered a lady. But they are concerned about COVID because the guy had a doctor's mask on. I'm telling you, you can't make this shit up. Can you imagine? You're not concerned about taking another human being's life. You're not concerned with brutally stabbing a lady to death in a park. But you are considered enough to make sure that you and anyone else around you doesn't get COVID. So even though crime is going to soon be appearing in a safe, gated community near you, at least these people are masked up. At least you won't get COVID. You could get shot in the back of the head, but at least the rest of your family will not get COVID. The last thing I want to give you guys is like a weather forecast. I'm going to play hypothetical weatherman here. You know what I'm saying? Weather people give you the forecast. They give you warnings. You know, for instance, this afternoon, 
You could be at home. Then all of a sudden, the National Weather Service comes on and says, there's a tornado warning. There's a tornado on the ground heading towards your home. They gave you the warning, right? They gave you the forecast. But what you choose to do with that information is completely up to you. You could say, ah, screw it, or you could go run for your storm cellar. You have options. There's warning signs. You know what I'm saying? Your car's instruction manual, your computer's instruction manual, it's got a troubleshooting section in the background. It shows you what to look out for as signs that there could be impending doom for your computer or your car, right? Well, the Bible is no different. In the back of the Bible, there's a quick reference section where Jesus basically listed bullet points. He gave us a warning map. He gave us what to look out for so we could be observant, so we could know that the end of the world was near. Rapture, judgment day, the second coming. He gave us warning signs in the back of the Bible in the quick reference section. And one of these things that Jesus talked about specifically to look out for was the day that we start seeing men trying to breastfeed babies and the men think that the baby's actually going to be able to suck milk out of their man boobs. That's one of the warning signs. <laughs> and as luck would have it, last week there was a viral video making its way around the interweb of exactly that. A biological man. Born a man. I don't know if you guys ever studied science or human anatomy. Men and women have different parts. Women are specially equipped from the factory to handle childbirth. And when they give birth, their boobies fill up with milk because they have mammary glands. This isn't hate speech. It's science fact that I'm spitting out here. Dude, if my brother were to bring over his newborn baby and I tried to breastfeed it, from my boobs. Do you think my family would just sit there going, eh, I wonder how much he's going to get? Dude, I don't care how hard you suck on my nipples. There's no milk coming out of it. As far as I know, the only thing that comes out of a guy's nipples is sweat. No milk. No chocolate milk. No strawberry quick. Nothing like it. So at what point have we passed the line of crazy? But that's neither here nor there. Just like the weather guy telling you, today it could rain. So you might want to bring an umbrella, right? Or you might not. You know it might rain. What you choose to do with that forecast is up to you. Jesus told us a bunch of things to look out for that may indicate that he's pissed and he's about to come and start up Armageddon. So, with that being said, and all the other stuff going on around the whole world, I don't know. The end could be near, but what you choose to do with that information is entirely up to you. But I tell you what, man, I've seen a lot of crazy shit in my day, especially living in the times that we're living in. But I tell you, I don't know if it gets any crazier than a biological dude thinking that their newborn baby is going to be able to suck milk out of his man boob. I think that probably takes the cake. <laughs> Anyways, everybody, I hope you guys have had as good of a time as I have on today's episode. If you guys could do me a gigantic favor, the biggest gift you could give me besides for making it through the entire show, would be to hit the like button. That way the show can grow. And oh, by the way, if you happen to make it through this entire episode and you don't have this overwhelming urge to hang yourself, congratulations. That's what I'm trying to go after. But no, seriously, if you guys could just quickly hit that like button, that's what helps the video. And then the video could end up in somebody's YouTube feed that talked about it on the phone. 
Now, it's going to end up being in somebody's YouTube feed that's never seen me before. So they can watch it for 20 seconds, click off it, and so they can hit the dislike button. Anyways, everybody, once again, I'm John Ares. This has been episode 79 of the Views from the John podcast. I hope you guys are all having a safe, happy, and healthy summer. And we will see you guys at the end of the world party or on episode 80. Until then, take care. <laughs>